0: Does that mic have a hat on it, or does it look like that?
1: Oh, no, that's just a foreskin. <laughs> oh, my God. Why? <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Unfished.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: I'm your host Pranav.
2: No. Your other host Rish. No. Bro,
1: please. That was so funny. I quit. I quit. <laughs> I'm not a host anymore. I'm a guest. <laughs> All right. So on this episode, we're blessed enough to have two guests: our boy <laughs> Rish and the legend herself, incredible architect, genius engineer talented artist Maya Hazarika we're so 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 happy to have you on the podcast tell us a little bit about yourself
0: um okay um I'm Maya Hazarika I am a first-gen Indian American like you guys and um yeah I'm doing a dual degree in architecture and architectural engineering not much else
1: (laughs) and then all the things that that Nav said too
0: (laughs) and all the things that Nav said too it was much nicer
1: yeah (laughs) don't worry we'll, we'll plug your page on the podcast she's got you got a art page you guys should all follow it we'll link it don't and she worry she makes knitted masks yes yeah, she,
2: she'll make <laughs> you a mask yes. if you ask <laughs> well it's good to have you on here maya it's good to be on here pranav i'm glad you invited me for this episode really glad to be a guest today um uh, really glad to be in front of this mic uh <laughs> i can't stop thinking about it now that we said that
0: and it's also very chode-like if you think about it. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh
2: man,
1: this is gonna be a funny one, Maya. This is gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> so, so- <laughs> Can't believe you said that, Maya. What are our four listeners gonna think?
2: Our four um, <laughs> listeners.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um. Maybe we
2: should. Maybe we should roll into the topic so we don't embarrass ourselves. Agreed. <laughs> um. <laughs> Like Maya said, we're all first-gen Indian Americans, which brings us to our topic about India, our story in America, how all the stuff in India is affecting us and how it's affecting people in India and how we should talk about it.
1: For sure, for sure. And so we'll probably start with our own experiences growing up first-gen in this country. And Maya, this is, this is kind of a broad question, but if you want to speak a little bit about what it was like for you uh, growing up as a first gen Indian American woman, because you grew up in uh, the the valley, like, for your entire life, right?
0: Um, most of my life, since I was three years old. So.
1: Okay, okay, basically. Yeah, yeah. Why, why don't you talk a little bit about what that was like for you?
0: Okay, sure. So um, one of the things about me first is that I was, despite coming from a Hindu family, I was not raised Hindu. Um, I don't speak either of my parents' languages. And uh, people who know me know that I don't to look like a typical Indian American whatever that might mean and so growing up I was mistaken for a lot of other races and <laughs> I also experienced the kind of racism where people are like oh the microaggressions of like you're pretty for an Indian girl
1: oh yeah 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 for or sure. I, I,
0: another time when I experienced like I can't be friends with you because you are like in a higher level course than I am and I that's just not okay with me like it was a thing that i got sometimes which was weird um but you know it was it's it's definitely different going up here because a lot of the people i'm around are also brown just a different kind of brown um the food is very similar i wrote an essay coming into college about um how similar foods in mexico and in india can be with like salsas and chutneys
2: Mm.
0: or um like paella and biryani like those kind of similarities in food and how that made me feel more in touch with the culture down here but overall it's just been a very strange experience and it feels weird to be in so many different worlds um america basically mexico and then like india as a culture and having those all come together in some way or form
2: that's so interesting that's really cool yeah. my mom and i always talk about that and like how the similarities are between not only indian food like asian food and as a whole like you know like chinese thai all that And compared Mm -hmm. to Mexican food and Spanish food, it's so interesting to see the similarities there. And there's this one chef, I was just watching an interview this weekend, who's like, he he said his theory for Pangea, what Pangea, right? Mm Pangea was Mm -hmm. that Mexico and like Spain and India were all like right next to each other when (laughs) Pangea existed. I was like, no, I don't think that's the case. But it's a good theory. Um, But going back to what you said, uh, I think a lot of that is prevalent, especially where you grew up, because it's different than where we grew up. For sure. Because um, uh, I know you said the valley. Do you want to do you wanna elaborate exactly where that is for our listeners? So Where's the valley? <laughs> the the oh, mysterious yeah, sure. valley. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the Rio Grande Valley is like uh, the southern, well, not the southern part, but like the southern to west part of Texas, which runs along the Rio Grande Valley um, and because it's the border between Mexico and the United States, there tends to be a lot of um, American, I mean, Mexican American people in this area.
1: Right. Gotcha.
2: So you, you were one of them. You came from Mexico then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of people would think so.
2: Yeah. That's interesting. Cause I don't think uh, either of us have necessarily, we, we fit the stereotype of Brown boy. Oh yeah. We absolutely. Yeah. We're hardcore that, that category. But I don't think you've gotten that uh, as much right that people uh, people mistake you for different things
0: yeah all the time i've gotten I've gotten Japanese I've gotten uh, what is it Peruvian different places in in South America all sorts <laughs> of things but all sorts of things
2: <laughs> and what what part of India is your family from then
0: Sure um let's break this down. It'd be better. If I had- <laughs> could see it but um my father is from the state of Assam my mother's father is from the state of Rajasthan and my mother's mother is from a a place called Darjeeling which is in the Himalayan mountains Mm -hmm. so I'm considered multi-ethnic um and like an international I guess kind of person a mutt
2: (laughs) (laughs) a mutt
0: I would describe myself as an Indian man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's interesting. I like those are places that I always feel like I could actually visit when I go to India because we never end up going to those places. Yeah, I agree. it's just like we go um so I mean, they're different family members. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, for our listeners at least, Nav and I are from the south. We're obviously, well, I guess it's not very obvious, but we're not related actually. If no one knew. <laughs> <laughs> But our families are generally from the south, um, and so whenever we visit, it's it's usually a trip to the south. But the places that Maya's talking about are pretty far up in the north, especially Darjeeling and stuff. You know, really like wedged in there between Nepal and and for sure. mm-hmm. uh, the, the 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 mountainous uh, places up there. So places that I really wish I could visit, which is really cool to say that you know you're from there. Yeah, um, have you have you gotten exposure to the south uh, to what people? Gen- generally think of when they think of india
0: well yeah um <clears throat> sorry funnily enough i went to boarding school in a place called kodai canal in tamil nadu when i was in the fifth grade what mm-hmm. he lived in south india for an entire year of my life
1: what that's I so crazy know. <laughs> yeah i had no idea that's so so crazy
0: yeah so i know like all of the south indian dishes like i love dosa and like and stuff like that
2: mm-hmm.
0: anybody knows what these terms are out there.
2: <laughs> if no one um, knows we know <laughs> yeah, <facts.
0: laughs> yeah exactly. that's what matters so like I've experienced quite a like a wealth of different um cultures across India because each state is so different they're they're almost like a little country of their own within right. in their like cultures so it's it's been interesting yeah <laughs>
2: um I I feel like it's people don't really understand the whole state thing and the india like amalgamation of states yeah in in this country because in this country whether you go from like louisiana to alabama like shit doesn't really change yeah it's
1: basically (laughs) the same thing
2: there's there's a mcdonald's in both states like (laughs) um i I feel like it could change if you went from like maine to louisiana
1: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah.
2: but in india that's so much different like the second you step from tamil Nadu to karnataka or like yeah. Assam
1: to Rajasthan or anywhere else, In in general, North India as opposed to oh, South yeah. India, there's a, a pretty large cultural difference. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So
0: many different languages, so many different cultural practices.
1: Oh yeah,
0: foods vary so much across the nation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm trying to think, clothing. Oh For yeah. sure To think that there's so many like ethnic groups within India itself is is interesting enough to think about.
2: Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm sure some of our listeners have seen. Uh, I hate to bring this up. But I'm sure some of y'all have seen those stupid TikToks. Where people are like, "This is how people from different parts of India look," and then they like go from different places and different clothing. When I like, I get it. I get it. It's very informational, but it's just funny. It's on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> how is um? How is your? How is the situation at home with you? Like not situation, but how is it growing up with like multi multi ethnic uh, background at home? Like food, and languages, and all that.
1: And not only that, but like kind of compared to your life at school where you'd be, I'm assuming, dealing with more like white Hispanic demographics, people from a very different cultural background than you were?
0: Well, okay. Um, So first part of that question, I grew up in a very, how do I say this? Like a very academic household. Like we learned a lot about like the different cultures that I came from, did a lot of reading about like different parts of India and stuff like that. But because my parents speak something like four different languages between them, they couldn't decide which one of their languages to teach me and my sister. So because of that, I don't, I only speak English. I can understand a bit of Nepali or Assamese or Hindi, but um, I don't, I can't speak it myself. Um, Which has been, it's been a little bit harder than to tie back to my own culture in a lot of ways. Like I have, relating to other Indians because I don't have these these things like my Mm -hmm. life um but in school it didn't come up that often later on like when I was younger I did get that whole like you're Indian do you live in a tree (laughs) 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 or or that time when I was straight up walked at like by a fifth uh, I think it was in fifth grade no fourth grade and a a kid told me oh you're going to hell and I was like what huh why (laughs) you're not a Christian and I'm like I'm not in anything (laughs) (laughs) but thank you (laughs) so like things like that but as I got older it just didn't become an issue anymore people didn't really care people did not react weirdly to like foods that I brought to school right Um, if anything people were more interested in like trying it um which has been nice it's been nice because uh, being in in a place with such mixed cultures I think people have to be more accepting of um whatever comes at them me included (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> which is tough in america because uh not only not only is a good majority of the population from here born and brought up here their families have been here for so long but the other part of the demographic is literally a melting pot of so many different yeah, cultures and ethnicities sure. that it's hard for one side to understand the other mm-hmm. um that's not to say that it's so hard that you shouldn't try but it is hard at the end of the day to see someone you know like you for example who comes from a background comes from a variety of backgrounds and like uh just understanding that can be difficult
1: yeah um i would say i probably had like a, a pretty similar experience to what you described like uh definitely when i was younger like you you definitely see more of that side. like it it'd just be a bigger deal than it was when you were older um
2: did you grow up in a tree
1: yeah, how'd you know? Shit. <laughs> wait, which wait, which branch were you on, bro? Were, were you on the third floor? Yeah. I was north, southeast,
2: east, uh, fourth, fourth floor. This is like some Avatar. Like all live in the same tree. Yeah, like, this is like Avatar. You know, perhaps? like one big one big tree.
0: That sounds dope, and I kind of wish I did grow up. Like that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> we just all live in the tree in New York right now—the the
1: giant Christmas tree. <laughs> um but yeah was any different for you uh no i think i think
2: the thing that sets us all apart a little bit in like uh in 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 my in at the microscopic level is how indian we were like i've asked people that before like new people i meet who are indian i'm like how how indian are you because there's so many varying levels of how how religious is your family uh are you vegetarian non-vegetarian do you follow these religious practices do you go to sunday school do you go to temple? Do you, um, there's so many subsects of how Indian you could be. And I'm just always curious to see like, what kinds of things did your family follow? What kind of uh, things did your family say were not important to their uh, religious beliefs? And um, I feel like those are the things that, even though the three of us had very similar uh, upbringings, mm-hmm. those are the things that can set us apart, um, which I
1: just yeah. find interesting. Cause like, no matter how similar we are, there's still differences. That's mm-hmm. facts, but also- I don't know if how Indian are you is the best way to say oh, it. Absolutely bro. not. <laughs> absolutely not. It's like asking me if I speak Indian.
0: <laughs> um, so recently, my sister was on TikTok and she came to me this <laughs> test. You guys know of the rice purity test,
1: correct? <laughs> right.
0: Okay, this is the Basmati rice test.
1: Oh. And oh. you
0: basically go through, ask like clicking things, but like, um, did you drink Bon Vita as a child? Oh, no do you know what uh, like have you watched these certain Bollywood movies that kind of thing and you like fill it out and it kind of tells you how Indian you are <laughs> <laughs> it's rough but like that exists
1: that's so cute I will say though that is like that is important because I feel like that does bring up something that all of us as first-gen Indian Americans feel is like the like how much of a claim do you have to your home ethnicity versus the one you live right now? That's why like I don't want to call somebody like more Indian or less Indian than mm-hmm. the person next to them. Cause that like that like devalues like where they came from. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um and it's just that's just something that, that I'd be thinking about. Just because I feel like um it can be kind of hard for people like us to feel tied to their culture when they're like, they're so. Like, they're much more whitewashed compared to their parents. You know what I mean? But yeah, I don't know. It's It's just a weird thing that I'd be thinking about sometimes.
0: Yeah, we're very much, as Indian Americans, kind of, and I like to call it limbo, where we don't belong to the cultures that we have here in the United States and our cultures back home. Like, we're separated because we have different experiences, obviously. And I think that's what makes, like, having an Indian community worth it in some ways. But... Because of the way I look and because of my lack of religion and because of my lack of language, I have often been turned away from, like, the Indian community in some ways, Hmm. right? And that, that can be painful, but at the same time, like, you have to then make your own communities as you go through life. Like, I found Indian people that, like, relate to a lot of my experiences and don't judge that I don't come from the same backgrounds as they do.
2: Right, for sure. And, and probably don't judge your score on the Basmati Rice test. Like, <laughs> as we did have fun filling that out, though.
0: It was <laughs> yeah. That's
2: and uh, for our listeners, we'll release, obviously, all of our college essays, which we wrote about this exact topic. <laughs> 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 you know, we all did. <laughs> oh, my God. It's funny. I was helping my sister do the exact same thing this like past month. And mm-hmm. I, that's never going to change, you know, for kids around the country. That topic is still going to be one of the most prevalent things like, oh, hey, what are you going to write your essay about? Probably my stretch between 17 different cultures and six different (laughs) languages. Um, That's just that's just the way it goes for um, many, not not just
1: Indian Americans, anyone who comes from a different country. It Um, is. okay. that's true. But also, I think it's going to be different for everybody coming after us because I don't know about y'all, but I am like, I'm like the first person in my extended family to be born in the States. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, like our generation low key is kind of like the start of a cultural shift because our kids will have a lot more similar experience to us than we did to our parents. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so not to be like not to be hyping us up too much, but mm-hmm. but we we kind of be trailblazing just a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Our our kids are gonna have a great time, and I mean you and my kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, adorable little witches and pranavs running around.
1: <laughs> oh God! As if two wasn't bad enough. <laughs> <laughs> Man, okay. So one more thing I want to talk about, and I feel like uh, being a woman, you'll have a lot different thoughts on this compared to Rish and I is Indian representation in the media. Um, and that's just stuff that I'd be thinking about with people like uh, Aziz, Hassan, our favorite brown boy rapper, Nav and shit like that. And it's, I feel like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like, like i'm i'm glad to see like indian americans getting represented in the media but it is something that like low-key really bothers me a lot like it's it's so much likely more likely for an indian american to be like the comic relief character as opposed to the love interest Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying but But, yeah what do y'all think about that
0: well talking like from the experience of like indian women in the in media we have like, I'm trying to think of the two biggest names and that's like Mindy Kaling and uh, Lily Singh. Right. Yep. Right. And you know, there's some issues with the way that they've been represented in media and like the way that they are accepted and you know, and uh, like the things that they've done with their careers. But I'm still glad to have them. I'm still glad to have representation and like be able to look on a screen and recognize someone who has had a similar life, life experience to me. Um, because just I didn't have that as a little girl. I had like sure. actresses, and I was like, okay, I well, you know, I guess. Thanks.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think those are the two names, and if 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 there's anyone else, it's Priyanka Chopra, and we know the yeah. we know the issues there. So uh, <laughs> there, I feel like you're right. There is a lot. There's a lot of room left to grow, but I think uh, the progress we've made is also not bad. As as slow it has been. It has been and as uh, frustrating as it is with the controversies of like anything Hassan, uh, Hassan has said or like um, stuff that Aziz got into or, you know, how bad N- NAB's music is like. Oh, I got to say about that. Like there, there's obviously drawbacks, but every step is like a step in the right direction because we came from nothing. We
0: exactly. came from
2: no representation.
0: Zero representation. Who is that guy in The Simpsons? Apu. Yes, Abu. That was our representation for a really long
1: time. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: no. <laughs> Played by a white guy. Right there. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah.
1: But one thing I will say for all the people that we've talked about, like they've done with the with one exception, is they've I feel like they've done a great job of like making a big deal about the fact that they are like Indian Americans in the media, like doing their best to be like a positive role, like however well it has manifested. Like I feel like they've they've done their best to bring indian american like that that side of life to light in the in the popular media mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the one exception being nav and i'm i'm pretty mad about it i'll be honest <laughs> <laughs> okay i could go on for a long time about how like how are you going to like how are you going to talk about how you you paved the way for the brown boys before the, the the brown boys after you, but not speak about anything cultural in your music at all. It's like you like, it's like you like started making it and decided you were too cool to be brown. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what it feels like to me. Um, but yeah, that's just a personal thing. I could complain about him for so long, but let's, we should move on. <laughs>
0: Oh, I think that's a completely valid feeling, like wanting the people who represent us to talk about our experiences.
1: For sure. Yeah.
2: And talk about them accurately too. Like um, there, there is a lot of that that goes on and I, I can't help, but um, forgive it at times, because when you come to this country, there is a, there is so much of your culture and identity that you sacrifice just to assimilate to what this country gives you. Um, mm-hmm. Whether that be finding a job, whether that be wearing something because you you know you need to make money and you need to assimilate to this culture, there's so much that we sacrifice and um, when I say we I mean like if we look at our parents as examples there's so much that they sacrifice culturally and identity wise just to make a living in this country and like look at where they are now, which is great, but that's just such a, a sad reality that when you come to this pot when you when you come to this pot when you come to the <laughs> melting pot it's like it's it's a part of you that actually melts away so Mm-hmm. that's that um and I think uh, I, that's a bar honestly <laughs> part of you me that melts away <laughs> um I think what, what's that show called the new one about um the Indian girl uh, in high school the one that Mindy Kaling is producing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: can't remember the name of it uh, oh no oh no
2: I didn't I didn't watch that I didn't watch it but um I, I was happy to, see, obviously, it was very cliche, very cheesy. But like I said, as cheesy as it was, as bad as it did seem from the trailer and whatever, um, it was good to see some representation or anything that I would be like, huh, yeah, we actually did do that. <laughs> you know, like. Um,
0: never have I ever, by the way. That's what it's called. Never That's have I one. ever.
2: Never have I ever watched the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> um How does it, I know you started to get into it, but how different is it going to look with us continuing to strip away this culture and like melt away in the future?
1: Oh, I want to hear what Maya has to say about that.
2: Oh, yeah, let's hear it. Hit it. Are
0: you talking about our children?
2: Yes, our collective triplet children.
0: (laughs) 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 Well, there already are examples of second-gen Indian Americans. Right. Um, immigrated in the past but I think it's very different for us because of the type of people who've immigrated like what like the kind of people our parents are um I think we might lose language along the way and and um food culture the ability to cook those kind of things might go away Um, but I think it's our job to to at least hold on to some of it like if my children can learn a language that I haven't been able to i would love that that'd be fantastic go live with my mom for a while learn nepali you know
2: Mm -hmm.
0: um but as for food i think like for me at least culturally food has been the biggest way that i tie back to my to my culture
2: Mm
0: -hmm. like eating ethnic food cooking with my with my mom um going back to india and eating all the food that i can with my grandparents like the experience of food has been the biggest connection to my culture, and I think if I can pass that on, like the love of of Indian food and cooking, um, it's it's might be the best that I can do.
2: That's that's a strong point.
1: Yeah, I I totally totally agree with that. And also, I think a really big part of that is, and. Um, it's kind of weird because it also is like pandering to the people here at the same time. But I feel like another like really big part about um, the food aspect of it that makes it special is that that can be like enjoyed and appreciated by literally anybody. So it's not like, um, it's not like you feel like you're like upholding this tradition that like only matters to you and a few other people. And a lot of, like a lot of people outside just can't relate to it. It's like anybody can try like your, cooking indian food and enjoy it anybody can relate to previous experiences that they've had you know what i mean so it's like it's super 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 important and yeah that's that's totally facts
0: yeah it's an easy segue into the culture
1: exactly couldn't have said it. that's the instagram quote
2: (laughs) (laughs) i think that and music are are two things that are like you know transcend any sort of barrier um even i keep bringing up social media and stuff which is like i know cliche to talk about but it's something I mean, your that sister's instagram it. famous for it, So you definitely should talk about it <laughs> <laughs> yes my my sister is uh go go check her out but also there's there's people who are um i don't know if you know like basement gang it's just like this group of like canadian uh boys and they 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 dance in their basement and they did like random videos and they started doing like bongra videos and like bollywood songs and went viral for it because it doesn't matter what they're saying in the songs is the songs are hype and the boys are dancing extremely well so it's like another thing that just extends our culture into other other parts of the world which is so awesome and crazy to me
0: yeah and like with things with social media and food and things like that it's easy to consume and it doesn't take a lot of
2: effort yeah, just sure. pick up
0: so my that's it's an easy way to get into it
2: yep And like you said, that's something that although there are second-gen Americans already in the world, that's something that they wouldn't have the opportunity to experience because
1: social media in the digital realm is so prevalent right now. Mm -hmm. So that's true. Um, And that actually is a pretty good transition into what I want to talk about next. And I want to kind of talk about like what the future might be like for us being born first-gen Indian Americans. And we just talked about, you know, our own cultural responsibility of like, holding up at least at least the traditions and values that like we find like really special that have been passed down to us but I just want to talk about like other things that we might have down the road for us and something that I think about a lot is um the concept of like doing what like growing up and doing what you love as opposed to what's gonna like provide the best life for your family like all of us all of us ended up you know in architecture which is like a it's like a do what you love major you know there's so many different other options with similar skill sets that would be like a a bigger paycheck at the end of the day with less time invested you know what i mean but like we're we're doing this because we're doing what we love and um and i talk about this with my parents sometimes it's like when they when they were like choosing their majors in college they i don't know if y'all's parents had a similar situation but they essentially took these exams and that would place them into schools based on how successful they were at the exams. So my dad, like my dad like did well in school. And so he got to like study to become an engineer. You know what I'm saying? Like that was like, that was a privilege to him because he scored higher than everybody else. And that was like, like doing something like more kind of artistic, like the, the kind of the way we are doing is not like, is not something that he considered too much because because that was what would lead to the best life for him and his future family later down the road. You know what I mean? But yeah, what do y'all think about that, our experiences of that versus our parents?
0: Well, um, I have it like, okay, the whole like doing what you love versus doing what will make you most stable in the future is something that's kind of ingrained in my family here. My father decided just to study economics because it was the subject that he hated the least. <laughs> Um, and he, I mean, and he does it as a job, and he, I think, he enjoys what he does, but it isn't what he loves to do. And when I was going into college, it became like, yes, you, I, what I wanted to do was something in design and in art, um, and I had to choose architecture and also tie in the architectural engineering in order for any sort of design to kind of fly with my parents and get into a field that might lead me to where I want to be in the future. Um, and it's it like and I had to pass that buck on to my little sister who's now being like who's the doctor of the family who's going to be the <laughs> of the family right like they're like okay Maya kind of failed us so let's get the, you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know I like one of the things that I have like I talk to about my dad a lot is like he he keeps on pushing the point that like when I'm in the future I can always make art as a hobby like if I have the money from another career I can slowly build up like a studio space in which I can do something that I love but I first need that foundation and that oftentimes doing what you love for a long period of time can burn a person out like we see artists a lot of the time in the world who can't continue doing art because they no longer love it it became a job for them and I don't know I there's a there's different ways of looking at this and I don't know that I would have wanted to do art as a degree because it then again it would have become a job not something that I do for Pure enjoyment mm. right and I think that's a good point to make and I don't think a lot of Americans see that in the way that like sometimes doing what you love is the wrong move I that's know that powerful. you might disagree with me in that way but I it's something that I've grown up to believe in some ways
2: I, I don't know if I agree that's with the efficient. Instagram caption bro yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true we have several oh my now. god dude that's <laughs> Sometimes Dude, doing what you
1: love is <laughs> Cut not the that right sound bite. <laughs> that's the whole. <laughs> no, I well, I can't speak to you, but I absolutely agree, and that's um, that's part of the reason i ain't a full-time SoundCloud rapper. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, I think it
2: takes a lot of trial and error to figure that out. I think um, that rule is not like a hard and steady rule for most people, and the the sentiment of doing what you love is so widely spread that people aim for that always like do what you love do what you love because then the rest will follow um and that rule goes so far but then it takes a while to understand that doing what you love can kill that that which it is you love so Mm -hmm. like um i'm really glad that your family like helped you understand that or or uh or you came to that understanding that's that's pretty powerful yeah that's awesome i'm so glad you
1: said that on the podcast honestly (laughs) Of the value of the podcast just went up Dude, that's honestly like top things anyone's ever said on here
2: <laughs> yeah if real anything was that
0: you said real life advice that's what i'm here
2: for exactly that's, for. <laughs> that's why we have guests because we can't provide that <laughs> <laughs> that's true um looking to the future though i think there is one more thing that uh looms really big maybe not in this country right now as much as it does in india but uh the caste system and the caste system is one that um doesn't it's not something as loosely uh you know aloof we can talk about like representation in media or, or doing what you love it's something that's serious and it's like, a real thing <laughs> yeah it's ingrained in our in our culture and our religion that's like dates back at least a couple of years <laughs> dates back millions of years um how do you guys feel about that? Have you have you experienced anything that's really pertinent to the caste system in your lives?
1: Uh, for sure, for sure. Um, I mean, I get like, I get like, like white people asking me what caste I am for comedic value, <laughs> but that's about it.
0: Ooh. Well, let's start off with like, what what castes are you guys?
1: Rich okay. and I are both Brahmins. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, um, I kind of fall outside of the caste system um, because of my my the being from different my parents being from different states right Um, but it's still relevant and I think our privilege being here in the United States gives us the ability to talk about caste systems kind of distant from it but still talk about it and make it something that you know people here can know about
2: right yeah Um, do either of you or I can give a brief breakdown of what the caste system is and what the hell we're talking about
1: dude we're, obviously we're gonna let our wonderful guest hit it oh
2: no okay
0: uh i don't know if i'm qualified to do this job
1: <laughs> neither um, are we
0: so the caste system is something that's uh sort of ingrained in the concept of hinduism from what i understand but it, it has become a more indian thing where it affects different different religions as well like there is Muslims sometimes fall into the caste system and, and depending on what state you're in. Um, but it's a way of determining hierarchy between the jobs that people have. Am I doing this right?
1: Yeah. yeah you know, you're, you're, you're killing it.
0: Yeah. Like for example, like Brahmins are the priest caste, like they're the religious order and they, they're the ones who used to memorize our religious texts back in the day. Um, under that you have like warriors, you have farmers and then at the very end, like, um, untouchables or Dalits who are tasked with like some of the worst jobs in our society and um, are treated the worst. I think that's the best way. I can it. Yeah.
2: It's actually the, the last, the bottom one is like the laborers, like when I was saying, like it goes from priests to um, um, merchants, mm-hmm. merchants, and then warriors and, and warriors. You know, every, farmers. And then, you know, it, basically like the job breakdown, like you said, so take, take any job, for example, and you can break it on the spectrum of what is most respected and break it all the way down to the most like you know, laborers, carpenters, and the people who did the the menial jobs, um, and then there's a subsect of that very, very bottom category, which is the dalits. I think the the subset of shudras is is <laughs> dalits, and um, so that's that's one of the things we're going to talk about coming up now, which is like the the whole issue. If anyone if anyone who's listening has read about like the issues in India or what's going on with the government or how people are being treated, um, there's a, there's a lot of controversy and um, civil unrest with how Dalits are being treated and, and Dalits being the lowest caste system are being basically, um, segregated and, and, and mm-hmm. treated poorly. So coming from our perspective, it's just one that's like not necessarily something we've experienced, but necess- but definitely something we have to talk about and something that's has to, uh, we have to shed light on. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. And, um, something that my dad says about the caste system, um, that i be thinking about sometimes is um he has he has a lot more positive of a take on it than most people <laughs> it's, it's really funny um but he basically says that um the cast system in essence is not a bad thing because it's essentially like categorizing what like people do but the problem starts to become is one when you decide that one cast is above another and the other problem is when you decide that people are born into their caste and they can't choose to change where they want to. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
2: Interesting. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that, that makes sense to me, to be honest.
2: At least the second mm-hmm. part. The first part makes sense only because I think in the modern world, well, not only in the modern world, at, at any point, any job is also associated with money.
1: And so when, when someone gets paid more than you, immediately the association is that they their job is more valued than yours. Actually. Yeah. I, I might've just added my own spin on that because I don't believe in money. So <laughs> <laughs> my bad guys.
2: <laughs> it's no, it's, it's a good, um, uh, I like, I think at the end of the day, we would all think like, Oh, you don't really need a caste system. You don't, uh, that's not necessary for a social, uh, organization or anything like that. But I think your dad's point is like, just a matter of the fact to say that, Mm-hmm. It just exists. It just it, whether it you is. have a, whether you have domains that like categorize people or not, that kind of organization is going to exist because of money, because of the value of jobs we've placed.
0: Well, that makes sense. I mean, you, you can, you can transport that to here in the United States where we do have a privileged group of people, white people in this country. We do have right. a privileged group of people, um, black people in this country. That's what Black Lives Matter is about. So when we talk about like the lit civil rights, we're talking about it in the same frame. Like all people deserve to be respected and to have certain rights to life. Right. Yep. Yeah.
1: And to be honest, if you're looking at racial oppression in this country versus caste oppression in India, I feel like there's, there's more similarities than differences. It's, it's so, so, so similar. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll talk about that later on, but yeah. Um,
2: to, I mean, to Maya's point just now, like, it extends past what we're just talking about with like, let's take Black Lives Matter, for example, right? Uh, we talked about this on intersectionality as well in terms that a black woman will not be able to find the same job that a white man could. That's just a matter of the fact for this country. That's how it's been. That is how it currently is. If you take that and relate it to India, it's the same thing. And it's um, it extends past just getting a job too in this country and in India. It extends to civil unrest, violence, uh, segregation, so much more like, it affects your own safety. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's so many stories of, uh, you know, people who are, I I don't want to get graphic with this, but people who are literally tortured and murdered and massacred over India because of their caste system. And something that we were talking about just before this is like, how do people even know that you're a different caste? How do you, can you even tell? Like, that's something we don't necessarily know or experience because we obviously live on the other side of the ocean. But um, another thing that's really interesting is that Although this country does experience its own civil unrest and like racial segregation, apparently the caste system um, unjustices that people see in India translate to this country directly. Like apparently there's stories of people who uh, are hired by Indian bosses and then are immediately um, what's it called? What's it called? Like, like like profiled because they're a different caste. So imagine, imagine coming to the U.S. thinking you're coming, like our parents did, thinking you're coming for a better, better life, a better dream, the American dream, just to be hired by someone <laughs> who is a brother and then degrades you because you're a Dalit in on the other side of the ocean. That's, that's just insane to me.
0: Mm-hmm. The fact that it's still prevalent in some areas here in, in the United States, I think, I mean, less prevalent in some ways, but it's. I, I mean, when I was in high school, I went to, to school with a Brahmin girl who told me straight up that her mother would not allow her to be in the shadow of a Dalit, despite her oh being my God. The, and like being an educated woman here in the United States who should know better.
2: Dang. That's the, that's the key phrase though, right? Who should know better? Who, who taught us to know better? <laughs> you're right <laughs> who, who can teach us to know better if that if those values and that segregation
1: is still ingrained in the hinduism culture
2: mm-hmm. then
1: who is going to teach us to know better i agree that's scary and that is um another thing going on like you were just saying like how it's kind of like ingrained in that um that hindu purist culture the like the hin- hindu fundamentalism idea that has kind of brought modi the current president to power um And that's, that's honestly led to like a lot of, a lot of conflict, uh, between Muslims in India and also Dalits in India as well. Um, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like to be honest, it's kind of not, not as like as much of a caricature, but it's kind of similar to the, like, to the rhetoric that Trump be spreading around Mm -hmm. these past four years. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, a lot of countries have moved towards being more nationalistic. And in Modi's case, like that means being a Hindu nation. Yeah, India's never had a national language or a national religion. Yet, like there's this pressure for India to be a, like a Hindu nation now. And like if you look at um, certain states like uh, Uttar Pradesh, UP, um, where there is incredible violence towards Muslim people, towards um, towards lower caste people, it's 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 getting worse because of nationalistic sentiment. And that and that's being seen all over the world. Like Modi's buddies with Trump, you know, like they, they <laughs> like each other. You know.
2: That's uh, that's a really interesting point because it's it's it exists in the three biggest countries or three biggest world powers right now, the US, India, and China. They're all moving towards this very nationalistic thing. And even in China you'll see like the Uyghur Muslims experiencing the same thing. Um, And in these three countries where they already had power coming into this new movement, and now Mm -hmm. we see their power being exercised in a very nationalistic religion forced way. And they're all literally sucking each other's dicks and like, and bringing each other up, you know, like, it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not something that's going to die out very soon. And with, with Modi and um, his party getting another reelection for, I I think, four or five years now, shit's not going away shit's only getting worse um and like you said there is violence in the country and and like even going back to so before Modi became president a little short history uh before he became president in 2002 he was a he was a, he ran the state of Gujarat and in in uh 2002 there was a giant massacre of I think 1200 people um, who who came from different backgrounds and obviously were like lower caste lower lower religion, lower lower religion um, muslims dalits anything of the sort and he basically it's like it's like trump saying proud boys stand back stand down that's basically what modi did so you know put yourself in the shoes of someone who is in india and like experiencing all that and when you hear modi trump say that that's just uh, that's that's enabling mm-hmm. <laughs> so that that was in 2002, so this man's 18 years ahead of Trump, <laughs> which yeah. is uh, scary.
0: Yeah, you look at things like the beef ban, um, which like people were literally getting beaten up and killed for like what selling beef <laughs> in India, like it, and um, and now you see those things, same things ex- extending to Muslims to Dalits. It's it's crazy that we don't hear about it as much here in the United States and that a lot of Indian Americans aren't told anything about the unrest in India.
2: Mm -hmm. And vice versa too. Mm -hmm. Uh, People don't necessarily hear in India, the things that happen here. Um, And that's why there's so much support. If you support Modi, you support Trump, which is so crazy. Cause like, you don't know, you don't know the shit this guy's doing over here. (laughs) Do Do you not understand what he's been doing, what he's been saying? Like, um even like personal example my, my grandma will ask me uh w- with the george floyd shooting you know way back a couple months ago she uh-huh. was she was like hey uh you know like what's going on like it seems really bad And i was like yeah uh-huh and she's like he he probably didn't do anything wrong right like he or uh no actually she said the inverse she was like he probably did something to instigate them right he must have done something wrong and i was like no no he didn't he didn't do anything uh-huh. And uh, that's just the the vision that they have with, you know, media representation and everything else that we're talking about, with like how news gets transferred, but it runs on both sides. Whatever goes on here, people don't know how it is in India and same, same thing, vice versa.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's hard to compare the struggles too, because you can't say one's worse than the other. Like things are bad everywhere in the world. There are human sure. rights happening everywhere.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think with us being born into the caste that we are, we don't necessarily, we don't think about it at all. It's not something we think about, like walking down quad. We're not like, oh man, I wonder if there's any Dalits around me. Or like, I wonder if my Brahmin caste is going to be valued in a certain way. That's not something we have to think about at all, walking down quad or on campus or anything like that. But Mm -hmm. other people do experience that. And it's just something that's tough for us to even imagine as something that's running in the back of our heads at all times. Mm -hmm yeah i don't know where to go from here it's fun
1: yeah that yeah the world world just sucks basically but um
0: yeah there's issues everywhere yeah like
1: for sure and i think um as as with a couple of other things that we've talked about over the past season um you know it's it's the two largest democracies in the world that are like at the at the root of this problem and as much they as much as they want to like say that they're a democratic society as much as the constitution says in America that, you know, all men are created equal, all that stuff. And as much as the uh, Indian constitution um, kind of like speaks out against uh, persecuting somebody uh, based on their caste. The fact that the fact is that it, it still does happen and it's, it's on the governments of both those countries to make sure like those statements are not only said, but also enforced, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
2: And um, much like we've said in most of our other episodes this, uh, this season with, you know, climate change and intersectionality and everything else, a lot of the change that we see, even go, even the voting, voting episode, a lot of the change that we see goes back to like micro, at the micro level with, with little conversations, little changes that you see in your family, how you can change one person's mind and that can have a trickling down effect, you know, months down the line. Uh, that's all, that's all I'm urging our listeners to do our four, four listeners. Maybe just think about it. Maybe go read more into what we're saying. We can definitely post some links, but have conversations with the people that are around you and, um, who maybe, maybe Indian who don't look Indian, who, who eat Indian food, anything of the sort, you know, like have a conversation about it, think about it, talk about it. Cause that's, that's what makes the world go round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Maya, how's your how's your experience been in COVID? With uh, are you back home now with your family?
0: Yes, I am.
2: How has that been?
0: Oh, it's not too bad. We do have um you know a couple of yelling matches once, a- <laughs> um and then like we're like okay, my mom gives me an orange, everything's fine. You know how food be a love language to <laughs> Um, <laughs> but it's it's been wonderful. We've had a lot of really good conversations. I've sat down right. with my parents multiple times to talk about you know intersectionality. Um, black lives matter issues in india um uh, trans lives matter things that are going on in the lgbt community all of those things are our conversation that we're having and like we're moving in the right direction
1: here. Mm-hmm. so
0: people should be having those conversations at home do that That's
1: great and you don't have to like you don't have to say anything that you don't want to say but um if you want to talk about maybe like stuff that you've said that you think have like made those conversations go better stuff that you felt like has worked out for you. I think that would be like, that'd be pretty useful to, to some of our viewers. Do you think even us? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I would like to preface this with, I'm not the best at, um, problem solving and, uh, having decent conversations with other people. I tend to just walk into a room and start yelling. (laughs) (laughs) And my whole family is like that. We're very, um, in your face, we kind of argue we're, we're not a passive aggressive family, we're an aggressive family. Um, but um, I think just sitting down, starting conversations, and trying to lead them in a positive direction is the best way to go. Don't do what I don't do, don't yell at your parents for no reason. Um, but like sitting down in, in a in a in, in a in one room, talking about things, um, making sure that you don't get upset with someone when they have a different opinion from you, but rather talk that through and try to figure out where the root of that comes from is a lot healthier than like, I don't know, ignoring the issues or not talking about anything at all. I hope that's helpful.
2: I'm finishing my notes over here. I'm Yeah, I'm, for real. <laughs> 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 need you can to also somehow. yell at your parents.
0: Sometimes that works. We just walk into a room and you're like, I'm angry about something. Let's talk. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a good point though. Conversation for the sake of resolve and understanding rather than, uh, you know, scream fest
0: Yeah. <laughs> it can turn into that. That's okay. Just
2: I like, like the way it. you call that. Yeah, yelling match. Yeah. <laughs> That's the name of our
1: next podcast <laughs> whenever
2: this one goes down the drain.
1: <laughs> usually what I'll do, and this is like probably the worst idea, so I wouldn't recommend it to anybody, <laughs> but usually I'll say like, like I'll just, I'll just wait till there's like a lull in the conversation and I'll wait till like things get quiet and then just no context. I'll say like something I believe in, but like the worst possible version of it. So instead of saying like, I feel like, you know, like a capitalist form of economy, like benefits some people unfairly and discriminates against a lot of people in the, in uh, lower social class. And it, it creates a hard hole to get out of. I'll be like, I don't believe in money <laughs> and, and everyone <laughs> will start yelling at me. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, I do that I'll walk into a room and be like I hate men and I'll walk up to my dad And I'll look at him like You
2: What are you going to say about
1: it? Fists up Ready to go
2: Man, I need like secret cameras Hidden in y'all's homes like, this, is, this is really good content Start a new Indian drama show Based on this
1: More representation in the media yeah. bro
2: yelling match premiering tuesday (laughs) (laughs) only on sun tv (laughs) man yeah i I don't know if there's a try a tried and tested way to get those conversations done either the yelling match works or the uh the sporadic uncalled for comment works (laughs) but it's all
1: progress (laughs)
0: I'll walk into a room and be like, I'm an anarchist.
1: <laughs> That's the best. I'm going to try that when I go home
2: this weekend, actually. I've been trying to do this. I'm going to have a blast. <laughs> I'm going to have to move back here. <laughs> yeah, I'll be here waiting for you, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, I'm really glad we did this episode. It's been It's been fun. Yeah. Uh, you know just talking about this and some of them are heavy topics as well but like we said conversation is what uh what really helps
0: yeah and we're definitely not experts but I hope you get something out of this
2: <laughs> I hope I don't hope uh, or I hope everyone everyone understands that whether it's this episode or any other episode if you're going back to listen to stuff we are not experts at any.
1: <laughs> we're just some kids out here yeah <laughs> but Maya if uh Unless there's anything else that you would like to talk about, we can go ahead and wrap this up.
0: Yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it.
1: If anyone can hear that car in the background, that's
2: that's our key to, <laughs> to end this episode, I guess. <laughs> uh, with that, thank you so much, Maya, for being on this episode. Thanks for talking to us. Thanks for enlightening us with your wonderful ways of having conversation um, and your experience.